Hi, Candace. Hi, Nicole. How are you? I a lot of things, but I am good. One of those things is good. I'm very good. I After the breath we just took, I feel actually super centered in my body, which feels really nice. And it definitely I think, helped. Yeah, I think we need to feel centered for this topic we're about to bring to the table. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it was funny because just when you answered, you're like, I am. And I was like, you are. That someday. I am. When people are like, how are you? And you're like, you know what? I am. I can tell you that. I, I am. Uh, yeah, that's that's how I'm feeling. I'm also nursing a little bit of a, a cold. Uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to get into the full fear state of everything. And I'm doing what I, I can best do for that, which is just quarantine. Hey, everybody should try it. So, yeah, I think today we are really both, especially with the topic that we're diving into, but just how we are experiencing it in our, our day-to-day, grounding, taking some full deep breaths will do a lot for you. So mm-hmm. I think for anybody listening, just... How about right now we take like yes. two really deep breaths together right now. If you're mm-hmm. driving, maybe pull over for two seconds or just take a deep breath while keeping your eyes open. Yes. Awesome. Thanks for doing that with us, you guys. Yes. Um, it's so funny because we're coming so chill right now. Like the energy completely shifted when we I know. Like started hitting record. But but you guys just, me and Nicole are usually chatting before we're actually recording. And we had literally like almost an hour and a half just like gab fest before we even started this. And our energy was everywhere. So I'm feeling mm-hmm. really grateful that we are now a little bit more grounded to bring you all what we want to talk about today. Yes. Which is a lot of things, but tr- truly, I think the the topic, the biggest one that we're wanting to tackle today, or really just wanting to speak through with you guys, is how to act in the face of fear. And I'll add to that, how to act in the face of fear and uncertainty. How to mm. act in the face of fear, uncertainty, and disappointment. Mm. And so, yeah, we're we're taking a step back for me, I guess, taking a step back from really getting into like the definitions, which I hope you all enjoyed our first bit of our shorter uh, series of redefining when we, when we dove into time, which I think for you, for me and Nicole both, like we've really been playing with time this week. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I got some cool feedback too, from some of the listeners all being like, like one of my friends, Celia was like, oh my God, I'm reading a book about time and like, it's all about this and I'm loving the topic. And I was like, this is so cool. And then just saw it ripple out throughout my life this week. So many people were like, dude, time is such a crazy concept right now. I know. And there's mm -hmm. so many things that we were just talking about. Things that usually we would think would take months are literally taking a day. And other things that could take a day are taking months. And so it's just this, it's, I think just everybody in life is just playing with time right now. Today's topic, this really, again, we were going to talk about something completely different. And this morning (laughs) I woke up because I have a few hours on Nicole. And this morning I woke up and just 
going through my own experiences and projects and just, yeah, fear and disappointment and um, still wanting to act out of a place of love and inspiration. I was just like, let's talk about this. I love to just get it out and also just to have a conscious conversation, what we like to do here to welcome other listeners in on, on how we can, how we can do it, how we can hold all of these sometimes seemingly opposite or combative types of feelings, how we can hold all of these in one and actually act out of a really high, powerful, aligned place, even though we are experiencing fear and disappointment. So that's what we're going to dive into today. Yes. Mm. I think I, again, we're not, I, 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 of course, I think just my mental space when I'm not feeling well, like that's, it's really hard for me to want to show up anywhere. And I realize this is like a fear of just not being enough, mm-hmm. but I told that fear to fuck off today because I said, you know what? I don't need to do the whole definitions and not everybody needs a full, you know, thing of Candace's definition corner. Mm-hmm. So I'll start with the one, like the one kind of summary yes. bit that what I thought was fear? great. What is fear? And this was one response I got from Lisa Frischer from Very Well Mind. I just loved it. So she says, fear is a natural, powerful, and primitive human emotion. It involves a universal biochemical response, as well as a high individual emotional response. Mm. Fear alerts us to the presence of danger or the threat of harm whether that danger is physical or psychological. Mm. And I just think that's a really great, well-rounded base. Because the thing is, honestly, we all know what fear is. It comes in so many different forms, so many different shapes, colors, sizes. But just to get it back to that, this is a powerful, natural, primitive human emotion a universal biochemical response that also has high individual emotional response. So that basically saying that we all have fear manifests in our bodies, in our individual selves in different ways, mm-hmm. but it's part of our biochemistry. Mm-hmm. Nicole knows all about that. Yes. Um, it's a survival response. Yeah. Like in the biochemical world is fear. I feel like fear was first a mechanism for us to survive. You feel fear, exactly. it's because your survival is on the line, which it exactly. has morphed and changed to become that the difference between what did you say, like the physiological and the psychological? Yeah, like not physical, just physical and psychological and physiological. Yeah, and, and that's so where I know there's so many, but, but that's where I and I I know I've you know talked about this and, and studied this in psychology, but a lot of us now have have seen and heard of like yeah fear has morphed like before it was literally we were going to be eaten by a lion, mm-hmm. and now it's fear for standing up in front of other people and speaking, mm-hmm. but it all really comes down to this feeling of being in danger or wanting to protect yourself in some way from the threat of harm, mm-hmm. and so. Yes really when we talk about, or when we're going to talk about, I guess, like acting in the face of fear, with that comes courage. And we've, we've mentioned this again, that, you know, you've seen the quotes that it's like courageous people aren't without fear, 
they've just learned to listen to the fear. This is a quote that I found from Nelson Mandela. I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave man is not he who does not feel afraid, but he who conquers that fear. And I would go a step, I guess, farther, but also kind of like innered, 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 like the innards. I don't like innards. <laughs> I mean, inner, I just don't like it. Inwards and saying that it's not, I feel like the first step isn't even conquering it. It's just listening to it. Mm, acknowledging it's like, it. It's one, acknowledging it. We always say it's acknowledging it. It's listening to it. It's learning from it. And then it's welcoming that fear to the driver's seat because you're like, you know what? This is a biological, physiological response that I'm having. That's Mm -hmm. a natural response for my body. Again, just like when we talked about emotions, like let me acknowledge it. Let me listen to it. Let me see and hear what it has to say and how I can use this for to build my courage and to continue acting in the Mm -hmm. face of this fear. Yes. I feel like fear is those little signals of where growth can occur. And I remember a year ago, I had like this commitment where I was like, if I feel fear, that is an indicator I need to do it anyways. Like Mm -hmm. I pushed my, like for a few months, it was like very on the top of my mind where I was like, if you feel fear, do it. Whether it's like, no matter how it ends up, yeah. do it and see how much you grow from doing that. And it was the most incredible thing. That's such a good practice. I mean, and I think that too, especially when you're working with it, it is, it's nice to be like, okay, am I scared of something? How can I, how can I just like ram, I was gonna say ram into it, but like, how can I just meet it where it's at? How can I mm-hmm. not buckle down from it? Mm-hmm. And I think that's a beautiful practice is to say like, oh, if I'm scared, let's do it anyway. And I think the intricacies is like, I'm scared. How can I use this as a signal and as advice to how I can progress and act in a certain way, not just against the fear, but like with the fear, with the fear. Yeah. With the fear. Like how, how can I not, because I think for me, I've done the very similar practices where it's like, okay, for example, I'm scared of public speaking, right? I'm not really. (laughs) Anybody who knows me is like, girl, (laughs) That's no, a lie. Yeah. <laughs> and the test determined that was a lie. But it's like, but let's say I was. Let's pretend let's pretend. Let's pretend. And I do and I still do get nervous. That's the thing, is like I can speak in front of a crowd. Will my hands still shake? Will my voice crack for the first like minute? Yeah. And it's a fear. It's still I still have a fear of being judged. I have a fear of you know, really judging myself from the other person's like from the listener's side, mm-hmm. but in that scenario, instead of just saying, okay, I'm, I'm scared of speaking in front of a, a group of people. I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm just going to go and speak in front of these people, which is a great first step just to get over it. What I have been moving in towards is like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling this fear. I'm noticing that I'm feeling mm-hmm. fear around getting in front of these people. One, I acknowledge it. Two, I, I ask why, like what, what feels dangerous to me? What feels like it might cause me harm? And mm-hmm. for me, when I get nervous, it's, it's mostly the judgment. It's like, I don't want to seem, I don't want to appear stupid. I don't want to appear like I don't have anything to do. I don't want to be boring. I want to give value. It's a lot of these things where once I know that it's like, okay, so the fear of you getting in front of other people is that really traces back to you wanting to do your best. You wanting to provide value to this group of people that are listening to you. 
So how can you do that? How can I get to a point where I feel confident in the value that I'm giving to other people while I'm standing in front of them? Mm. And you know what that usually leads me to do? Okay, if there's a piece of my speech that I didn't feel confident saying, I'm going to cut it. If I want to give more value, I'm going to go deeper into that point. And this is Mm. where you're learning from fear. So rather than me just like, I'm going to get up and do it like, fuck fear. It's me saying, thank you so much, fear. You let me know that I'm a great person who just wants to give value. And that's why I'm like, I believe in this so much. So it's going to actually help me improve my presentation. So I'm more confident in giving it. And I can say, you know what, even if my hands are shaking, I, I did what I could to make myself feel better and more confident in this moment. Mm, Yes. I love that so much. I think of, I feel like when I really started to learn of fear as this tangible thing, not just like this thing we should all run from, Mm -hmm. I learned a lot of it in relation to the chakra system and knowing that in the root chakra, there's mm-hmm. that is like the base of fear. I believe there's fear comes up in each chakra, but I really believe that fear lives in the root chakra. And I feel like it mm-hmm. comes to back to survival. The root chakras are yeah. tribal chakra as some call it. And knowing it comes back to the acceptance of those around us, because we know in order to survive, we need to be accepted by our communities and the surroundings. And then as we move up, it's no longer like when you have a speech, it's no longer, the base of it is no longer that need of acceptance of the people, but actually the want to provide or to give value to the people who are around you. And you move up through the chakras with that fear and like, no, yeah, there's like the different layers of fear and the more you acknowledge them and allow it to be like those cues, it does, it teaches you like, okay, what do I, it's like, okay, I want acceptance from my tribe, but really I want more from this experience Mm -hmm. and more from what I give, even whether it's in a a speech or just like day to day. And so I love that. I love how we're already getting into the layers of fear. I know. And, and I'm just, and we're going to, we're going to kind of skip ahead. Cause again, we could, we could take a whole trust. You already know guys, we could take a whole episode just on fear, but I really wanted, I think we both really wanted to like move this into like how it goes into these other feelings and terms. And mm-hmm. um, I'm going to be referencing this incredible article I found by Reese Robertson. We'll definitely add it to the notes and it's, and it's titled how to act in the face of fear. And he has just some incredible research and quotes in here. And this is something that's personal. And this is where I, I shared this with Nicole before we were like, Oh snap. Like that's how we're feeling. Cause Basically, mm-hmm. spoiler alert, me and Nicole are both in this, in these, of course, mirroring phases and parallel phases of us diving into like really a, what feels like us fearful, uncertain areas that also hold such expansive growth for us that we could yes. see, but that doesn't make it any less kind of scary because there's mm-hmm. so many uncertainties and there's so many like cogs in the machine that are not yet like we can't fully see how they're happening anybody else like metaphorically raise your hand right now if you Mm -hmm. or seriously raise your hand right now if you're like oh I'm seeing like a bigger picture I'm seeing some faith like I have some faith I have some hope and I'm seeing how it could possibly work out but there are so many steps I don't see right now and that is feeling really that's where fear comes in and that's where sometimes we stop ourselves from acting because we want to have the whole freaking picture what have we been talking about the past, you know, few weeks? 
Right. But Reese talks about how he says really like when you're pursuing bigger and better futures, our minds are going to want to keep us stuck in the past. Like, and, Mm. and the biggest thing that the mind doesn't like is uncertainty and it doesn't want risk. Because again, going to what fear comes from, it's trying to protect us. Yes. And so a lot of us, when we don't want harm, we want to protect, we want to know what we're up against. We want to know, we want things that are certain. We want to know that our job's going to be there the next month. We want to know where the next paycheck's coming from. We don't want to take a lot of risk when it comes to this, especially during this time. It feels so vulnerable. And, and so he talks about that, like your subconscious will start to like conjure up all these sorts of fear and doubt in order to keep you from that goal and keep you from that bigger future. Cause they're just like, no, 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 no. That sounds super scary. We're going to convince you and persuade you why this lesser path is actually like super safe. And it's like more certain and it's, you know, it's all great. Mm -hmm. And this is where he quotes Robert Brault, which I'm going to say that I might say this quote 10 times. No, you guys can repeat it. But he says, we are kept from our goal, not by obstacles, but by a clear path to a lesser goal. I'll say that one more time. We are kept from our goal, not by our obstacles, but by a clear path to a lesser goal. Mm -hmm. And so he talks about how, because when we talk about fear, you know, it's like there's, there's all of these different types of phobias, you know, like fear, arachnophobia, uh, fear of heights and fear of melons. I don't know. People have fears of everything, right? But psychologists really say that like, they could pinpoint that really fear of the unknown is essentially the foundation for all other fears. Mm-hmm. If you're afraid of spiders, it's like, yeah, it could be like, oh, I'm afraid of spiders, but it's usually you're afraid of them biting you. What's going to happen if a spider gets in your room and then they get on your face and then they bite your face and then you're swollen and then you die. Like what's going to mm-hmm. happen if you are confronted with heights and maybe you'll fall and like, it's, it's not just the, the item itself that usually gives us the fear. It's public speaking. It's not, it's not the public speaking. It's, it's the fear of not being accepted. It's the fear mm-hmm. of not knowing how you're going to be received until you speak and do it. It's that uncertainty. And yeah. so in this quote, we are kept from our goal, not by the obstacles, but a clear path to a lesser goal. It hit me in the, it hit me in the chest. Cause it's like, no, we like to think that we have this beautiful goal. It's like, okay, I want to run this is, I'll, I'll try to think of a, a thing on the spot. It's like, I want to run a marathon, right? I want to trade and start, I want to run a marathon. That's the goal. That's the big goal that you're like, I can do it. That's my bigger, better future goal, right? The, the, the things that are going to keep us from a goal are not going to be the obstacles. Usually it's not going to be, oh, like sometimes it's like, oh, I have to register and I have to train and I have to find the right shoes and I have to like get the right, you know, measurements, all of that stuff. Those are Mm -hmm. obstacles, right? But really the thing that will mess us up more is a clear path to a lesser goal. Saying we might not know everything it's going to take. We might not know how we're going to act in that marathon. And that's the scary part. We don't know if we're going to pass it. We don't know what our time's going to be. We can train for it. We don't know. But if there's another person saying, hey, you guys, do you want to like just actually go run around the lake, this lake that you usually run around all the time, you know exactly how long it's going to take you. And you can see clearly that you're going to get to the, that from point A to B, you know exactly that you can, you know that you can do it. Mm-hmm. You have the shoes for it. It's, it's, a, it's a minute walk from your house. You know, like that's the stuff that's going to distract us more from our goal than the obstacles themselves. You know yes. why? Because it, we can see it clearly. And so often we will take the clear thing that's... 
and sometimes it's the best for us, but these are the things that can get in the way of us reaching further. Yes, is the exactly. clarity that the human mind is always grasping at. Mm-hmm. So we it's will literally... go for Sorry. Yeah. No. no, it's, I feel like that to bring in even like a personal experience, I think we're both going through this right now of like, we, for me, it's like, I have this uncertain the past like two weeks, I thought I knew what I was going to be doing September 1st. And then things just started to quickly change. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I am now in a place where I could, I'm again being asked like, what choice do you want to make? Like you could do this and you can do like the uncertain path and keep trusting that this uncertain path is going to become certain because it's the one you really want. And that like mm-hmm. the uncertain path is the one I want. And then there's this other option of stay where I am, do what you've been doing because you can envision it in your head. You know what it mm-hmm. looks like, you know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And it's, I've had to sit with myself so many times this week and be like, okay, the fear that is coming up in my body when I'm standing at the fork of this path is like, which is like, I have to weigh them. It's like, okay, yes, I could, it feels less scary in some ways to stay where I am and to not make changes and to follow the path that I can see in my mind. But then when I really think about it and start to dig up what's underneath that and why I wanted to, like why I've been being called from spirit to do something different and to change and to like make these big changes, during such an uncertain time, I'm like, those, that's actually scarier to, Mm -hmm. if like I ignore those. And if I stay where I am, I'm never like never going to get through those fears. And so Mm -hmm. totally, I just keep being confronted this week of, are you just gonna like keep holding a strong resonance of the uncertain path and trust that the universe is working for you? And like, that's where that like game of fear kind of comes into play. Cause there's like, different layers and levels of fear and it's kind of like which one which one do you want to play with and which one do you want to which one offers you the most growth and expansion here like right which one do you want to play with here so yeah I I love this too Reese uh (laughs) like I know him yeah so my friend Reese Reese says he says if you're trying to create experiences far beyond anything you've ever lived before your journey is going to be far from predictable. Mm-hmm. It's like, you don't know what you don't know. So it's, so if you're trying to do something different, it's going to feel like you don't know what the fuck you're doing. It's different. You haven't done yes. it before. That's inherently part of it. But we forget and we're like, oh, how, how can we know everything that's going to happen in this thing that we don't even, like we're making up as we're, as we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's really where I think for, again, I think this also goes into us wanting more clarity before we take the move. And I talked about this in my little mm. mindful, mindful minutes, thing, like our mindful musings. And this is, it, it's a common thing. I think people have heard before from Zig Ziglar is the whole pattern of be, do, have. And he talks about how a lot of the times when we're trying to get to something, we want to say, oh, when I have this, then I will do this thing and Mm. then I'll be successful. Like when I, common thing, when I have more money, then I'll, then I'll uh, quit my job and and start on this or I'll do this fun project and then I can be that person. But truthfully, how it works is the other way. We have to be that person first, do that thing that we want and that's when we will have what we want. 
Mm. And that's a hard way to go is really being that person first, because it's harder to be that person or to be the person that's ready to take that step when you don't know what's required from the next step after. Mm -hmm. And you got to trust that where you're coming in is exactly where you need to be and that you will always know the necessary steps or you will always know exactly what you need to take the next necessary step. You might not, you probably won't know steps two through 10, but you will always know the next step one. That makes yes. sense. Mm-hmm. And that's literally the, like, when it comes back to, or not comes back to, when you're talking about manifestation and law of attraction, the, that right there is what you have to do is you have to be the person first. And that's always the most challenging thing for somebody who's new to like conscious manifestation is mm-hmm. understanding that concept of being, being then doing, then you will have it. Like, like you said, it's kind of like the, and it's about that, like comfort, comfort zone, like the difference between sitting in your comfort zone and then like the uncomfort zone actually being the expansion zone. So like, Mm -hmm. if you are comfortable, once you have that like tangible evidence that it's going to work and our, our, our guy, Joey D, Joe Dispenza. (laughs) Yeah talks about this in depth too of like knowing that to create this reality that you want you do have to you have to sit in those uncertainties and you have to sit in the fear and or sit with the fear and I think with this too I remember one of my coaches said to me when I was having a really big like bout of fear she was like you could sit there and face fear and let fear keep stopping you in your tracks. Or you could ask fear to come walk by like beside you and both of you Mm -hmm. together go through this experience. And like, for like, for some reason that like envision of like, okay, fear was in front of me and it was trying to stop. I was letting it stop me. And now I've invited it to walk alongside me and teach me what, what it is. It was trying to like save me from and together, go walk along the path and continuously create yeah well because that's the thing fear is not always bad like if you have this is as a true crime aficionado hi i'm a murderino hey what up y'all but it's like as a true crime aficionado like i know that there's so many stories you hear where it's like a woman was like i just had a weird feeling and i had this fear state or or you know like people are like i've had i just felt weird or i had this fear and that's the thing that fucking saved them from like they left or they did whatever it's like oh fear will help you absolutely mm-hmm. and so it's it's like that's the thing is when we have fears when we notice them and we act, and we act on them or not act on them but when we listen to them that's like oh my god thank you for signaling that i actually could or i actually should check my tires before i you know go on a drive Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, oh, I'm scared about this and not doing anything and just, and being like, I'm not going to drive my car being like, okay, you know what? I'm going to check my tires and make sure I do this. Mm-hmm. Just like I said about doing a presentation. Okay. I'm going to check my presentation to make sure that I'm giving value or I'm going to, oh, okay. I'm, I'm scared of, you know, where the money's going to come from next month. It's like, what can I do? Okay. Well, I'm going to check all of the areas and look at where I can, you know, cut, cut, uh, spending or bring in more. It's like you use it as a tool to say, okay, what can I feasibly control and do? I love this. Also Reese puts in a quote from Francis of Assisi. Assisi. Mm. I like to pronounce it Assisi. It says, start by doing what's necessary, then do what's possible. And suddenly you're doing the impossible. Mm. 
-hmm. And I love that so much. It's like, if we start by doing what's necessary, start by doing what's right in front of us, then we'll start again, we'll do what's necessary. Then we'll start to do what's possible. And by that way, we're already usually in the zone of doing what we thought at least was impossible. And we're like, oh shit, we're already doing it. You know why? Because we took this step and then we learned more about the next step to take. And then we learned more about the next step to take. And we learned that by fucking taking the steps. Mm-hmm. Not by sitting at the start line being like, wait, how am I going to get all the way there? I can't see it yet. It's like, of course you can't see it. You're so freaking far away. <laughs> right. You start moving. Started. Mm-hmm. Start being it, start doing it and you'll have it. So this is reminding me too of in the process of coaching or even just like overcoming obstacles in life. It's like, yeah. because we have this aversion to fear we suppress it and we don't even acknowledge that like the true fear. So like, I do this all the time. Like, I'll be like, Oh, this is such a challenge. Usually when things are challenging and like big things are coming out, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm just trying to like sit here and be there. And I don't know, I'm trying to figure this out, but I can't. As soon as I'm like, I tap in and I'm like, what am I fearing right now? Like, what is, what is Mm -hmm. the worst possible thing that could happen? As soon as I acknowledge that, it also becomes smaller. It's like, because we have this idea that fear is so big and scary that like, we just are like, no, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not fearful. I'm not scared. Like, what do you mean? Like, I've got this. Like I do that. Like, I'm like, no, no, no. no. Like I know fear is there, but whatever. Like I can do this. It's like, no, you have to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge its presence and what it's asking you to do because it really is a signal and indicator of your biggest growth point or your big, like where you're going to have the most expansion and where you're going to learn the most about yourself. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just to, I'll, I'll try to uh, again, cause we, I think the personal stories are the best way for, for me to really put it into perspective. And I know for a lot of the listeners, that's what they say is really helpful. Mm-hmm. So I personally got <laughs> again time. I don't know, but like literally a week ago, I got presented with the possibility and just like the inspiration to, build and start a project that has been something I've like had fragments of the vision for. And I got this opportunity and basically a a nudge from one of my, my thesis supervisor to apply for this grant, this incredible kind of innovative grant that is happening in Denmark for a bunch of social sciences and a bunch of incredible projects. And from that, just from letting myself like be like, okay, this could be a possibility. I had the most, I've had like honestly 10 different projects come into my experience and be like you could do this 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 and it's just it was the most accelerated state and I was like oh my god I could do this project I could get it funded I could get money for doing this passion project that I've been seeing in my dreams and I've been knowing oh my god I could build this I could build it if you build it they will come um, they will the dreams reference I know <laughs> um and I, I was, I remember I was in such an expansive state. You guys, I was like, yes, this is incredible. And then boom, fear came in. It was like, how the fuck are you going to do that? That is so much bigger than you. You're going to need a team of people. You don't know anything about finance. You don't know anything about proposal setting. What about this? You're not going to have enough time. And it was, it was immediate. And I was just like, oh, it was just like, I went from full on like poo to like Eeyore, like in a minute. And it was just like, Okay. And I sat with it and I was just like, okay, I know. Just like it said, it was like, I know this is my brain being like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
you want to do what? That sounds insanely awesome, but it sounds huge and expansive and fucking scary. And mm -hmm. we are going to show you all of the points that you should be scared of that could possibly cause, cause you harm. All of the times that you could be wrong, all the people that could judge you, all of the shit that could happen, all of the things that could happen that you don't get this. And so I had to sit with it and I was like, okay, I'm listening to these fears. I'm understanding it. But at the same time to all y'all, I was just like, there is no way I'm not doing this. I was like, mm -hmm. and that I was like, there's no way I can't. I've been praying about this and I've been wanting this to happen. And this feels so expansive. I could cry and it might crush me, but the, I knew by how much fear was coming up right after I was like, oh, I have to do it now. But you know what I did? I sat and I said, okay, what am I actually scared of? Okay, I'm, I'm yes. scared I won't have enough time. How do I secure having enough time? I'm scared I won't have what I need to put into this proposal. How do I ensure I need, like I have what I need to put into this proposal? So I used this all to help me. And the better, the better part of this, you guys, is literally again, just today, I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this big ass, I'm ready to do this huge project that's gonna totally stretch me. Boom, here's another opportunity that's literally gonna take you half the time. You're not gonna need as many as the resources. It's gonna be easier, but also you have to get it done in two weeks rather than a month now. And I'm like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. So now it, it was, it's <laughs> such a joke. Cause it's like, oh, okay. So now I can literally have still this huge big vision. I don't need as met, like I don't need as much of the resources and things I was stressing myself up about. But now guess what new fear came up? <gasps> this is too easy. No, I don't know if I can do it. It's too quick. How can I do this in two weeks? Oh my God, if I, no, what, I can't and now I'm sick. Oh my God, no, I have a fever. How could I? Ah! It's always going to be there. Always. But it was, it was for me to say, you know what? You're not stopping me. You're coming along the ride. Buckle up, bitch. We're going on a trip. Yes. And, like we're going to do this proposal. We're going to learn from it either way. We're going to figure it out because at least I am taking a step towards that vision that I saw so clearly for myself and not being bogged down by the clear lesser goal of me saying, no, I'm just going to work on my business, what I was doing. And it feels very secure. And I know exactly what's going to happen. I know exactly what's going to happen to me after. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm not going to do. I'm saying fear, no. come on, let's, let's, let's do this. Let's go. It was, you, you just reminded me too, like fear is going to come up no matter what. Even if you uh, were to live a life of certainty, like, and I'm doing air quotes for those of you who cannot see me, <laughs> certainty where you're like, I'm going to do this. I, I know this, my plan, like I have a five-year goal. I have a 10-year goal and, or not even that, even if you decided to like live on a remote farm for the rest of your life, because you're like, I know how to do this. This is what I'm doing. You eventually will experience fear in some way or another where it, either it's like you're missing out because you're not doing anything different or like it, it's going to come up no matter what. So I feel like we all kind of like run from fear or try to make choices that are going to be less filled with fear or trigger less fear in us. Yet it, you can't. Fear is always going to be present because it is like yeah. this necessary ingredient to creation. Yeah. And so I think that's, that's the important thing is just when this comes up, thank it, acknowledge it and say, cool. Ooh, okay. You're here to teach me something. What are you here to teach me? That's, mm -hmm. I think the easiest way to approach fear and say, what are you here to teach me? And how can I act in the face of you with you and not run from you? 
Yes. And I think that leads to where where in my, in my story, I know I had it. And for Nicole as well, it's like when we have plans and we go for these big things, one of the fears or bits that comes up is disappointment. Mm-hmm. I know for me, me and my sister were talking about this is like, we just have this aversion, which we're still working through right now, just like of being disappointed where it's like, we will, once we finally will let ourselves dream about something and plan something, we're like so scared to get into it. Cause we're like, but what if it doesn't happen? Mm-hmm. but what I just don't want to be disappointed after like what if it doesn't happen and that's usually the fear is like that it that it won't happen exactly how I planned out and so then it's going to be a disappointment yeah and so I did look up a little a definition of disappointment and they talk about it's the unhappiness from the failure of something hoped for or expected to happen or yes. someone or something that fails to satisfy hopes or expectations mm. and so I found this in, another incredible article from Personal Excellence, and they talk about just three reasons why disappointment is good. And I think this is the perfect uh, kind of place to almost end off on. And it's it's the common thing. It's like people say it's like the best success comes after your greatest disappointments. And yeah, essentially what they they quantify is like okay, disappointment. It's this feeling of sadness we have when when something falls short of our expectations. So. In this article by Personal Excellence, they talk about the three reasons why disappointments are good. And so I just really want to go through this. So the first one they say is disappointment means you have a passion for something. And I think that's where we really, like, if you are disappointed by something, that inherently means there's a passion, there's a fire within you. So, like, stop and congratulate yourself for that. Like, disappointment they say is an effect right where the cause is your love for the thing in question so Mm. if you're disappointed in a friend it's because you care about that friendship a lot if you're disappointed in recent dates it's because you're passionate about finding the one for you If you're disappointed in business it's because you really wanted to succeed so disappointment's not just like oh i'm disappointed like it's all bad it's like i you can at least say you know what's good about this is i know that i care enough about something to be disappointed that it didn't work out at least Yes. You know, and she, she, they quote Martin Luther King Jr. saying, there can be no deep disappointment where there is not deep love. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much. Like this, the deep love that we have is what really drives us towards our goals. So I think that's an yes. important place to like start is when we're feeling disappointed. Like, even if it's like, oh, like I really wanted this coffee shop to be open. It's not yet because of COVID or whatever. It's like, you know what? you're passionate about having that cup of coffee and enjoying the neighbors and in the place and going to feel cozy. It's like, you're passionate about supporting small businesses. Like you can, you can Mm -hmm. feel good about yourself at that point to be like, there's passion behind this. And then they go into, which is one of my favorite parts is disappointment means an opportunity for growth. And they go on to talk about how every time we feel disappointment, it means there's an error in the framework of our reality. Mm. And so they talk about it. It's like, let, they're like, let's start with why you feel disappointed. You feel disappointed because you had the expectation that was not meant, right? So basically, let's say, um, Nicole, you thought that you were moving to Big Sur in like a few days. And now with the wildfires, you're probably not. <laughs> That's disappointing, right? Totally. So that disappointment comes from the mismatch between 
the reality, your reality and your expectation. Mm -hmm. But what they say is the reality was always how it was. It was, it was this way all along. Reality didn't change. It's just that the world did not, cons like, it, it's not like the world conspired to bring you down. Reality didn't change. It's just the reason you feel disappointed, what they say, is that you discovered the truth. Mm. And the truth is not what, it, what you thought it would be. I love that so So they much. talk about seeing, seeing disappointment as like troubleshooting to understand the gaps between your mental framework of reality. So that's why they're like, disappointment is an opportunity for growth. So this is how we learn. For example, it's like, okay, the coffee shop's not open on Monday, right? You were disappointed. On Tuesday, if it's still not open, you can choose to be disappointed or probably by Wednesday, you'll say, you know what? Coffee shop's not gonna be open for a little bit. That's the reality. I'm gonna wait to see when it does open so I can like match to reality. Why am I trying to figure out things that I don't really know or can't possibly physically plausibly know? Well, I love this because it's going to this level where I was like, because yes, I am disappointed. I'm not going to be in Big Sur when I thought I was going to be. But I also, as soon as I realized that, was like, oh, it's not for me right now. It's not the reality that I'm a man, that I, I was trying so hard. And I even said this to you, like from the beginning of Big Sur, I felt in my bones that something was not aligned. Mm -hmm. And I was ignoring that until officially the universe was like, no, this isn't the reality that you expected you were going to have. And I think that that's what it comes back to. Even the coffee shop. It's like, if you go to the coffee shop, you're still thinking that the expect or you're expecting that the reality is that you are going to be at the coffee shop and perhaps it's closed because your reality is meant to be something different. And if you continuously just exactly. see that disappointment and then you do go back Tuesday and it's closed, it's still like you, there was something else you're supposed to be doing because right. the coffee shop is closed why are you still ignoring the reality why are you trying and to, still yeah. making this expectation why yeah it's like why are you trying to control the uncontrollable type of thing and what and yes. my thing is like why are you not taking the lesson from the disappointment again all of these emotions mm -hmm. are lessons to learn so that's where it goes to their point three is like disappointment makes you stronger like it's a harsh emotion, but when you get over it, you're like, okay, I'm tougher. Like I can work with these emotions. Mm -hmm. I can learn from them and it builds resilience. Right. And it and builds that's also why, this information. That's why I feel like I am at this place where I was receiving even the signal before I realized it wasn't right. Is like, because I've come to a place where now the, like the next step or like the other path that I might now take, I'm already releasing attachment to it so that Mm -hmm. I'm, um, it's almost like I'm preparing myself for disappointment, just like, just so that I'm not pushing so much on an expectation. And I feel like that is that, that next level of the more you practice that and the more you receive disappointment and then like accept yeah. it and allow it, you learn nothing is written, like nothing is guaranteed other and than the best what, way. <laughs> yeah. Like, sometimes. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's nothing is guaranteed to you but the universe has something guaranteed that it's giving you we just don't know mm. like we're not always aware of what that is sometimes our own expectations come in and what is the word just fuck yeah our own expectations <laughs> like are the words fuck it, it up fuck it up yeah that, that yeah. definitely sums it up 
<laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is like, too, like with me and my sister, we had a fear of disappointment. Like we just didn't want to experience. It's just the same thing. I don't want to experience fear. Get over it. It's always going to be there. I never mm -hmm. want to be disappointment. Then you're never going to be passionate about anything. And yes. I remember people, I remember so many people saying like, oh, the key to not being disappointed is don't have expectations. And I was like, that seems like really just sad. And like mm -hmm. I, or, uh, how I approached it is like, oh, so I can't plan for anything. I can't. So what's the point of making a plan? What's the point of doing this? What's the plan of researching? Mm -hmm. What's the plan? Like I always took it to like the nth degree. Right. But now I understand it's like, no, you can plan. You can of course plan and, and sh please shoot for the stars and have that vision. Just don't be so committed or don't be so surprised when it doesn't go exactly how you plan because the thing is is we're always making a plan from our loci of like influence like we're always mm -hmm. lo loci like, <laughs> and I loved like, it. I have a fever don't <laughs> don't you guys don't you know all I'm saying just give me some love just don't um just don't but like we're only seeing it from the from this point a that we're at right now we're making a plan from this point so of course the plan's going to get better when we take one step forward and see a little bit more of the landscape that we're in. Mm -hmm. So it's just, if you make a plan or if you, if you go for something and you're immediately thinking, how can I be disappointed by it? Quick way. You're probably going to. Mm -hmm. And another thing that, that means another. you give a shit. That means you give a shit. That means you have passion about something. And once you learn to say, okay, this disappointment means that I'm passionate about something. And it means that the reality is different from my expectation. How can I not just lower your expectations? That's right. I'm not saying lower your expectations. I'm yeah. just saying have those expectations be flexible. And if mm. you and if you change and pivot your expectations, like now I think me and Nicole always talk in the, not always, but we try to speak in this language of what I expect is the best, most aligned solution for me and for all. That's yes. what I expect. Mm -hmm. And so when I expect that, it leaves it pretty wide open. Yes. And you know, I think like it comes I, back to like the need, like the, what is the little saying? Focus on the what and forget about the how. So like focus on what you want, but like stop trying to figure out how it's going to happen. And it literally exactly. is that like, we have a fear of the how we need to know how everything is going to work out in order, in order for us to even attempt to try it. And yeah. if not, then we're not even going to go down that road. And it's like, when you, you figure out the how, like you, the you, how, you figure yeah. out the how by doing it. And like the how is the expectations we put on it. We're like, okay, wait, like, okay. So if I, I can't like, we have a hard time letting go of the how. So we try and control it. We put our expectations. We're like, okay, I know, for me, like I'm, I keep focusing on like, what do I want? Ultimately, whatever happens, I want just the greatest good for all. That's what I keep putting up there. And then the layer underneath that is to be secure, stable, free, and connected. And then underneath mm -hmm. that is like, okay, I want to do that because I want to be near a town and I want to be able to get into mm -hmm. a bike and I want to have Wi-Fi and I want to have this and I want to have this. Yeah. And that's me putting all those expectations. And when I do that, there's going to be some disappointment because I guarantee all those things are not going to work out the way my brain is envisioning they're going to work out. But the what I ultimately, ultimately want will happen of the greatest good yeah. for all. Absolutely. I think, and, and that's, that's, again, it's, we're being it first, we're doing it. And that's what, by us doing it, that's how we create the how-to manual, you know, yes. like we always want to say like, oh, I'm going to do this. It's like, no. You be it, you do it, you have it. Yes. 
Maybe next right. episode is going to be manifestation and law of attraction because yeah. I feel like it flows into this. Like I think it fear flows. was the primer we needed to talk yeah. about. Let us know if you guys, if you guys would like for um, that to be the next yes. topic. And if so, if, if you guys would want that maybe to be a live one, if that's something yeah, that you guys know. would want to attend live. Mm-hmm. Um, small. So yeah, let us know if law of attraction would be something that you guys want us to follow up with. Cause it's definitely what we've all kind of referenced here, but yeah, we hope that this was a nice conversation. Honestly, I just want to say kind of like, thank you guys for being here in this space. Cause this was definitely something mm-hmm. me and Nicole wanted to work through and talk with, with again, the recent fears that we've been walking alongside and the uncertainty that we have been welcoming and the disappointment that we've also been welcoming and learning from. So yes. uh, yeah, we hope you guys are, are feeling a little bit more held and a little bit less alone, which is always, I feel like my mission at least. Absolutely. And I feel like we're in not even only in the subculture of our lives of uncertainty, but just like as a whole globe, the uncertainty that we're all facing is giving us an opportunity to strengthen these muscles, muscles of fear. It's like, we kind of have, we have no choice right now, but to face the fear and let's do it together. Cause it always, it's always easier to do it together rather than alone. As, as our beautiful, friend Shana as always saying and reminding us together we rise together Mm. we rise let's do it together all right y'all have a beautiful rest of your week and we'll chat soon yes bye guys bye